0: Friday Night Racing on off the ball and they're on brought to you by Go Racing. Plan your day at the races at goracing.ie. And a very happy new year to you. Welcome along to Friday Night Racing, the uh, first one proper of the uh, 2019 year. We're going to be very focused over the next month or so on the Dublin Racing Festival and then beyond on what is going to happen at Cheltenham as well. We've got uh, Johnny Ward with us and John Duggan with us in studio. Gentlemen, happy new year to you.
1: Happy new racing year, Ger and Johnny. Better be happier than Christmas. No, anyway. oh, oh. still, still better. God, it was a tough Christmas. I had a great tough, Christmas. Had you? Yeah,
2: John, John. told me this during the weekend. after well, timing. It, it, well, it wasn't so much that. It was just like everyone. Is your mic a,
0: on? Just check that there, because uh, we, uh, we've, we've,
2: we've muted Johnny Ward because he was sorry. Such a tale
0: of woe. Um, everyone, has a, everyone has
2: had. Everyone has a bloodbath. There will be some who survived, um, a bit like the Black Death, but um, the, most of us are dead. You're not dead.
1: I'm not dead at all. I had a ten to one winner, a twelve to one winner, came out ahead um if you play the bit of value bets like i'm a the, value but i'm a value yeah. punter so if, you, you, I, if it was a favorites festival like last year i think at leopardstown i didn't do well at all mm. so look it's the way you play and i play like an each way punter. Mm. so
2: it, it was i'd say collectively for punters that, that i've to it was like the worst few days they've literally ever had for a lot of people because favorites kept getting turned over five favorites from four days at leopardstown no favourite at kempton um and all these horses that were short price favorites Bouverdare, there animix Limony, sam crow get a bird it just goes on and on and and it was hard to explain at all um it's it, it just it was it was inexplicable really gooboo you might say is it gooboo or is it actually
0: that there's a lot of hype a lot of sheep and uh, other horses are being very well prepared, that the science of of all the the yards is catching up with each other. And so, previously you would have had like great horses which were so far ahead of everybody else that the the chasing pack is catching, but the hype still says, you know, this horse is really famous, you should all back it, and so everybody does.
2: Yeah, there's an element of that, like with Sam Crow, um, in that his form actually wasn't stacking up to suggest he should be the price he was. um, But... There were so many defeats. Bouvardaire was the one I can't get my head around. That makes absolutely no sense that he could be beaten by a mare manifestly inferior to him who was beaten miles by mares' novices last season. Um, you know, And there were just other inexplicable results that combined together um, made it a festival that punters anyway will generally want to forget. On the flip side, bookmakers, a lot of whom are finding it tough, had a great Christmas and they'll kick on into the new year with a bit of confidence. And I hope the bookmakers in general, who maybe are losing interest in horse racing a bit because in-play betting is becoming so big, realise that book, horse racing can still be a very vibrant product if
1: they uh, promote it enough. I yeah. feel like I'm living in an alternative universe, which is kind of strange. Mm. Um,
2: the weather was amazing. The festival seems to have been It great.
3: was amazing, but
2: it was alarming. I mean, it was way too hot for this time of year. It's. It's. There were bees in Dublin on the 31st. There were the, um, you know, the, the, I think, and this is going to be a major worry for racing going forward. Like, if you owned a soft ground horse this season, you've had almost no chance. Like, so presenting Percy didn't run at Christmas. Didn't run at Christmas because the ground was too quick.
1: Well, Lorena's only running tomorrow. Uh, hasn't been running all season because the ground has been unsuitable. And I think that might have been a reason for some of the strange results. Mm-hmm. Like, is a good ground horse, beating 10 lengths in a Supreme Novice hurdle last year. Mm-hmm. Wins the Galway hurdle and then comes the wins at uh, Leperstown. And I felt with Footpad and with Mellon, these horses will be better next time out. They'll be better the next day. So I think that, to me, it's always still about Chattenham. Everything is about Chattenham. And I think I found the results strange last year at Leperstown and I found them strange again. Um, but I've always treated Leperstown as somewhere that I'm not, I'm looking to maybe watch the graded races more and I'm looking at the handicaps for value. That's the way I would generally play Leperstown.
3: That's a fair play.
0: All right, well, let's, uh, let's get to this week's guest. Patrick Mullins has been very good to uh, join us on Skype. Patrick, how are you doing? Happy New Year to you.
3: Thanks so much, Chair. Good to be here.
0: How was your Christmas? Um, is this kind of a little bit of actual post-racing where you get to relax a little bit and have a bit of the leftover turkey?
3: <laughs> uh, a bit, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, we were obviously, you know, think we rode out 109 horses on Christmas Day and then we were racing 26, 27, 28, 29th. I was down in Drumahan, the 30th. Then we were punched on Ferris so the 30th, 31st. Uh, the first, so, um, uh, yeah, the last few days have been a, a chance to kind of, uh, relax a bit, yeah.
0: And enjoy. It sounds like, he, you know, obviously it was very successful. There were 10 winners in the yard, John was saying, um, between Limerick and Leopardstown. And then he mentioned Sharjah. What an amazing win that was.
3: That was incredible. You know, he's, he's been a star um, for me. Uh, we got a much better picture at the last this year than we did last year. Um, you know, so I think he got a bad fall there last year and it seemed to take him six months to get over it. Uh, you know, he, he came back to form the goal was hurriedly hacked up. It's a good thing I didn't get him beaten there because he was about £20 well in now as, 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 it's, as, as he stands now. Um, and then, obviously, when he won the Morgiana, we wondered maybe, uh, you know, did the race kind of fall into his lap a bit? Um, but I think his performance on uh, last Saturday showed he's when, when he's at his best, he's uh, he's as good as any of
2: them. I want to give some credit as well to Eddie O'Leary, who after the race, inevitably, the, the hype was about Sam Crow, but Charger won the bloody race, and Eddie O'Leary was like, this race is not about Sam Crow, I'm delighted for the Mullinses. And obviously, Eddie O'Leary, Jiggenstein, and Willie Mullins have split, but I thought it was quite a nice thing that he said, this is not about Sam Crow, this is about Patrick Mullins, a fantastic amateur jockey, riding
1: Charger." In a race which had Super Sunday and Mellon as yeah. well, it was a competitive race, yeah. Patrick.
3: It was, and um, you know, uh, you know, I, I thought he he was the second lowest-rated horse in the race, even after his Morgiana win. And I, to be honest, I didn't think we'd be winning. But when I was in the parade ring, and it just shows the the value of going down and seeing the horse in the parade ring. I I saw Melon, and it's funny you see a horse every day when you put a number cloth and a jockey saddle on him, they look a bit different. I just saw him. I thought he's he's going to need this run. I looked at Super Sunday. I thought he looked the same. And if you saw Sam look walking around, he just. His coat was a bit dull and he just maybe didn't have the same wow factor as when you saw him last year. So going out of the ring, I was a bit more confident than I was walking into it.
2: How much stock would you put in that actually? Because it's something I suppose a lot of us would probably not be as innately um, able to actually figure out in terms of coats and just physique and burliness and all that.
3: Uh, sure, look, you know, if you're, if you're looking at horses every every day, like I, every time I go into a ring for a bumper, I would have thought, talk top to my father to, you know, have a look at the horses and see which one stands out. Um, um, look, sometimes it, it turns out right. A lot of good paddock watchers say that when you look at our horses in Cheltenham, that they don't stand out. You know, Nicky Henderson's horses always look like they could be in the RDS. They've got these fantastic coats. They look well. Um, I generally think if I think one of our horses looks well it's not ready, um, so you probably need to know the trainer as well. Um, but it, it's just an, an extra edge that you can sometimes use.
0: And would, would you ever change um, tack at all from going down and looking at them and seeing who was looking good in the parade ring, and the bumper and going, I'm just going to keep an eye and, and like, follow one of these horses on the basis of how well they look?
3: Well, they're obviously not going to change your tactics completely, but it's an extra thing to think about during a race. Halfway you know, half a race you might see a horse that you hadn't been fancying and he might look like he's going well And um, as you say, you know, you'd have an extra eye on him, but it's just an extra edge, an extra something to put into your calculation.
0: No, totally. Just take us back to Sharjah. I I hadn't realised that you'd fallen at the last, last year. So um, is there, is that going through your head as you're careering down to the last? Because I saw a report that you kind of had to rein it in a little bit heading into the last because the pace was so high.
3: Um, yeah, well, obviously, he was going to win the novice hurdle last year very easily, and um, he himself and real still, uh, Paul Town was on him beside me, and the two of them actually fell, but I, I thought there was a shadow there last year that just kind of seemed to put them off, um, so did it cross my mind? It did, but, um, you know, coming down to last, I just there was no stride there, but I, what I learned from them last year is that he's much better in tight to a hurdle than asking him to go long. He actually hasn't a lot of scope. And if you see the picture of him, he hasn't touched the hurdle. Even though he's put in a short stride and got in quite close, he's very neat with his front feet. So that's how he prefers to jump, I think. Um, so it was great to get over it. And, uh, you know, it, it it made up for last year because, um, you know, it was nice to re- be able to re- repay Rich because when you fall, you're always thinking you should have done something else.
0: When you win a, a race like this where, you know, a, a casual racing fans know the names that John was talking about in that field, is that even more fulfilling than winning on uh, a bumper horse that none of the rest of the country knows? Or do you get as much of a thrill from, like, steering a bumper horse to victory wherever that happens?
3: Um, actually, look, a Grade one is a Grade one. You know, to be able to go and beat Ruby and, uh, you know, David Russell, Jack Kendi, Puppy and Rachel Blackmore, Um, You know, I don't, I don't get to ride right in those races every day. Um, very few people do. So... Um, you know, it was a fantastic thrill and also that what added to it obviously was that the horse had fallen last year or so um, and the race, the race went very well. Uh, you know, it was an easy race for me to ride because he wasn't a fancied horse. I was able to just t- tuck in behind all the fancy ones, get over the second last, come wide for a clear run. Um, it was a very simple race to ride. You know, if you're riding a, a favourite in a bumper, or a favorite in that race, you, you can't maybe ride that race as easily. And yeah. um, when you're not the favorite, it's much easier to ride that type of ride.
2: It must be, yeah, it must be lovely to be able to bide your time and know that there isn't a great, um, there isn't so much pressure on you and you're not under the duress maybe that you're under when you're less experienced in you riding Cousin Villy and he's a hot favorite for the Supreme or whatever.
3: Um, yeah, sure, I probably didn't realize it back then, um, but exactly, you can ride a different type of race when you're on the second and third string. And, and you know, you'll often see that um, you know, you see David Mullins there twice robbed races um, over the Christmas. Kemboi and Time Tara, he was allowed to stride on. Or even the time at Wicklow Brave in Punchtown. If that was Ruby, everyone would have followed. You wouldn't, you know, you, you, Ruby wouldn't be able to do that because everyone would follow him immediately. Whereas if you're on a second or third string, you can probably do things um, and get away with it a bit more.
2: Yeah.
1: Would you, um, Patrick, give... Uh Charge on each way chance now in the champion hurdle. You said it took a long time for him to get over last year. you got Lorena running tomorrow. Maybe Mellon may, may, might improve. And given he finished so close to Bouvardaire last March, you'd, you'd expect he would improve. And can you make any sense of Bouvardaire's run over Christmas yourself?
3: Uh, no, Bouvardaire's run was, you know, look, he, he didn't run to his best for whatever reason. I mean, all horses are are mortal. Um and I think he can just accuse it as a bad day. You know, he's only, you know, hasn't has been beaten in two years. Uh, I think Sharjah has to have a huge chance in Chapman Hurdle. My one concern is they watered Chatham now to make the ground, you know, safe, good, soft. It'll be much slower than it was for the Morgiana or for the um, or for the Ryanair. Um, and while it did, while there was a downpour in Galway, that's still summer ground that's been rained on. It's not the same as kind of ground in March that's been watered. Um, so that would be my one concern. I, I do think the better the ground, the better he is. You
2: mentioned Kemboy as well. That, th- I found that fascinating, the, not only the race, but the fact that David seemed to just kind of make it up himself as he went along and made a mid-race move. And I love seeing that in a race where a jockey like, kind of ignores what the instructions were. And then your dad is saying, like, as he did that, I was thinking, what am I going to say to this so-and-so after the race for doing this? And then he ends up winning by eight lengths.
3: Yeah, I mean, I thought David was fantastic. I thought he was, um, was probably near enough right of the season. Uh, you know, he, he does have a bit of James Dean about him. He doesn't really care. And um, that works for and against him at different times. But it definitely worked for him this time. You know, you could see, and oftentimes those 3 mile races, especially in Lepristown, the pace slows up going past the stands. You are going slightly uphill. Uh, Kenboy can be quite keen. So he's on the outside. He doesn't have a lot of cover. The horse starts to get keen as the pace slows. And he's gone on. I don't think he's gone hugely faster. Um, I think you know. I think the pace was coming back and he's continued to go forward. But once he's got the front, the horse has settled, and he's slowed it up, slowed it up, and everyone continues to let him slow it up, and it's turned into a sprint from the top of the home straight. Now, he's won so well, possibly he won anyway, but um, it was a brave thing to do, and uh, I, think, I think he has to take all the plaudits. Hey,
2: what, who are you if he's James Dean?
3: <laughs> uh, I don't know Johnny I'll let you tell me that <laughs>
1: but in fairness you like, your cousin Vinny Patrick <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah,
2: the, yeah. The, 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 the whole narrative of the Gold Cup has changed because my boy bled he's having a wind operation Native River I thought was quite disappointing at Kempton um, and then you had you had Kemboy winning and, and Patrick I thought Roach to Respect were in an, an absolute blinder as well because the race was, was a mess for him neither Noel Mead nor your dad has won the Gold Cup you present him Percy who's favourite now hasn't run yet and as an Irish fan you're like this is, this is building up rather nicely now.
3: Yeah, road to respect was obviously eye-catching. Now, I don't think he'd beaten Kenway on the day anyway. Um, he probably would have been a very good second. But you have to remember in the Goal Cup last year, he probably got stuck too far back um, to no fault of, of Sean Flanagan's. But the first two kind of got away on the field. I mean, I was leading the pack on Am and from a mile out, I'm only sitting on nothing. And no one's kind of gone past me to go chasing the front two, which has probably given them a bit of a cushion um which so Rotor Speck is entitled to be rated better than his finishing position last year um and
2: uh what about presenting percy, percy then you're like he didn't he didn't even run a christmas because the ground was too quick
3: i'm not worried about that and i and i often you know native river didn't run till february and he won the walk up last year mm. um and best mate used to only have two runs and i wonder is pat kelly half thinking you know that's there might be no harm if he has one run and goes to a cup. What, what about the it?
1: theory that um, it's it's now about the younger horses coming through? You have what? Ken Boy's a six-year-old is the only runner in the field and the Savills a six, six-year-old. Clandez, Oboe and the King George Chase, the only six-year-old uh, to run in the race. He jumped well and he won well. Um, is it a case, like, it was a softest start to Cheltenham since 1982 last year. Native River and Might bite to me, maybe last season left a lot of a mark on them. You've been riding in these races. Do you think that it's about the up-and-comers now, the Kenboys, the Clandais Obos, to use the football parlance uh, that we should be looking for?
3: Um, it's hard to say. I mean, I, I'm not a big believer that one... Six or seven minute race can, can finish a horse career. Um, obviously, always you are looking for the young and upcoming horse, particularly in these staying chases. I mean, the Gold Cup winner has a terrible record lately of coming back. When the years of them and Cato Star a Long Run, they used to come back every year. So it, it's hard to say. I mean, Clan I can't get my head around that as well. up through his whole form, there was an extraordinary training performance from Paul Nichols. You know, for a horse to run the Triumph Hurdle and behind Apple's Jade and a few other good ones, Footpad, I think as well. Um Kenboy, like I said, that race in Leperstown it turned into a sprint, and it was on very good ground. So three mile two on probably slow ground is going to be a different test altogether. It's not a race I'd like to be trying to pick the winner of
2: What about um Footpad? Like I, of all the things I can't get my head around, that's right up there. How he he did everything right. He goes one to one hundred in running, so you have to bet ten grand to win a hundred quid that he wins after he jumps the last, and he's beaten half a length by a twelve year old.
3: Yeah yeah that was that was a kick in the stomach alright um, I suppose a lot of our horses seem to need the run at Christmas and you have to remember when Footpad ran he got a fall and he got an overreach. he missed a bit of time and perhaps we just weren't hard enough on him you know perhaps he just blew up the only thing I would say against that is it's not a case of Footpad coming back to the third and fourth horse Simply Ned has has gone and caught him and gone away from the third and fourth horse so it was a strange uh, result um, and and Again, these horses coming out of novice company, it's a huge step up to open company. Um, so you never know. So for me, Footpad has to go and prove now that he is better than that. But I would give him the benefit of the doubt that perhaps we just had him a slightly under-cooked.
1: Would you be Would you be afraid of Altiori? He's only one horse. We know with horse racing, Patrick, that anything can happen. Uh, footpad was so impressive at Cheltenham last year. A bit of cut in the ground. He strips fist fitter on the day. Surely you can't be just scared of one horse.
3: I'm very scared of Altior, um, but look, on a day, a horse, like last year, did he have a stone bruise two days before, you know, on a day a horse can fall or get carried out or the box might break down when am going to the races, so of course you have to go there, um, and look, if he does, Min is there, Min has been second to him twice, um, so don't forget him, um, but I'd, I'd like to think that everything has to step up to Altior's level of form without doubt, but I wouldn't give up the footpad just yet, I, I'd like to see his next run before making any real judgments.
0: Patrick, you've been great with your time, the, the, um, we were talking just before you came on about the, the rest of the season and how uh, it goes kind of from Leopardstown up to Cheltenham, but there's also obviously the, the Dublin Racing Festival in the meantime, so there's plenty of good races for us to look forward to in the next three, four weeks as well.
3: There is, you know, January can be a quite enough month, obviously the Testis, which is our local racing in and is on at the end of the month, that's probably the big race and we're really looking forward to that. Um, but the Dublin Racing Festival is what we'll be gearing most for our horse up for. Like I said, I think a few of our horses needed to run at Christmas, the first out horses. So we'll be getting stuck into them now in the next few weeks. And how does, that w- Johnny- how,
0: sorry, how does that work? Is that like getting them kind of match ready for that? So it's like a full blowout and that's you deciding then at that point, OK, they are match ready and we're, we kind of know exactly what they're going to be at their best. Or do you try and build them and pace them so that the performance in, in the Dublin Racing Festival is a little bit lower than it will be at Cheltenham. How how how, how do you grade that?
3: Well, I think coming in out of Christmas, we just thought that perhaps we'd been a little easy on our horses um, and that they seemed to need, in the last furlong and a half, when usually they were going forward, they were staying staying the same or going backwards. So we're just going to have to be a little harder on them at home. Um, and then obviously, you're going to have to leave a little bit for Cheltenham. But Willie, Willie does all that by eye. And, uh, you know, he'll look at some horses and say, he needs to work harder. He doesn't. But on general, I think we're going to work a few of them a bit harder. So hopefully, Johnny will have a few more favours to back in February. I, when I'm when. not even.
2: It's not even that I'm a favourite backer necessarily. I just couldn't. I mean, I, I backed. I, I in fairness, I mean, the same boat as pretty much everyone, apart from the the value seekers like John. And I back a lot of horses at big prices. Like, but. Tell me about Lorena, Patrick, because we need something in the champion hurdle that'll shake up what now looks a, a slightly vulnerable favourite. And this is a mare who's never run outside a novice company and has never even, in Ireland, taken on geldings, to the best of my knowledge, if I remember rightly. Started off in, I think, Tremor last season. Absolutely loved her. Could be a chaser. Starts off tomorrow and she's only, like, second favourite now with the champion hurdle. What's go- what are we to expect? Sure.
3: Lorena is, you know, she's a fabulous mare to look at, Eve. If- on the gallop in the morning, she's a horse that'll take your eye. It's hard to believe that she is a mare. She's so big and strong. The race tomorrow looks an ideal race. Like you said, Johnny, she's only ran against mares and novice mares at that. So she's competing at probably the lowest grade that is available for most horses to run in. Um, at, at that, you know, and so it's a big step up to ask of her Now, tomorrow she's taking on only mares again. So it's a nice stepping stone. She has to win and win impressively for her to be a champion hurdle mare. And then we'll file another race after that. Um but it is the ideal. Willie wanted soft ground with her because, like I said, she's such a big mare. And if he can, with these horses stepping into second season, he likes to find a, an intermediate race rather than going straight into open grade one companies. So this race is available. It's soft ground. Um, there's lots to work on with her, but she, she should be winning well.
1: Patrick, just uh, before you go, you, you're the bumper king, uh, Champagne Fever, Cheltenham, we all know about all that, Cousin Vinny. Uh, what did you make of the bumpers you rode in over Christmas? Because you rode in, I think, all four days. And you know, any any horses that we should be looking out for out of those?
3: Yeah, I wasn't involved in many of the finishes. Um, I I questioned the Stephen's Day bumper form. Um, you know, I thought the first three had all been exposed. I thought my horse Alho blew up. He's, he's a big horse. He's one to look out for for the future. Probably over over staying distances and uh, over fences um the most annoying race was the winner's bumper um you know mount leinster ran quite keen to me the day before so i wanted to drop in but i got man marked by um the other two favorites and the phoenix Maguire rode a rode a fantastic race and got away on us um i was disappointed mount leinster anyway but again i thought i'd pull him out at the top of the straight and i thought i was going to win hands and heels and i thought he just hasn't quite got there i think he's probably one that's going to we need to be harder on at home as well um to be honest, I wasn't sure that I saw a Cheltenham Bumper Horse over Christmas. Um, that's always very hard to say, but, uh, you know, Neptune won the two and a half a bumper, looks exposed. The Joseph's Horse, the one the third day, I thought that race was not really a on Christmas race. Um, so, yeah.
2: You have them at home coming up because the Irish horses this year, the two sort of outstanding bumper horses in Ireland this year, one of them is is is, is in Sick Bay at the moment, uh, Malone Road, who I think is going to be sensationally good. And obviously Envoy Allen as well. He mightn't go to Cheltenham by the sounds of us. Um, so it looks fairly open, the bumper. I mean, it's, I think it's like 14 or 16 to 1 bar those two, and neither is going to run. So like, is there, have, do you, What's your depth this year in terms of your horses that maybe haven't run?
3: Yeah, we still have four or five good, you know, good horses to come out. Um we didn't make any entries this week and because I just talking to Willie and I thought, like I said, I just think we need to give them a few hard bits of work before we run them. Um uh, but you know it's funny, this time last year, uh relegated only just fell in, in the mayor's bumper and um punched on Chris on New Year's Eve. Tornado Flyer was only just another horse he hadn't done any fast work at the stage last year and carefully selected, had won the two and a half mile bumper in um, in Leopardstown, but, you know, we thought he probably lacked the gear for Cheltenham, and they turned out to be our top three bumper horses, so a bit like the year olds it's hard to know midway through the season exactly where you are, horses improve at different rates and disimprove at different rates as well, um, so... But at the moment, the picture, the, the the water is muddy enough, I think.
2: I might be annoying him keeping him for one more question, but the big grade one at Nace on Sunday, I know you're a big, big fan. Tornado of, Flyer. I know you're a big fan of Tornado Flyer, um, but, you know, it's it's a race that, I, I, you know, sometimes there may be too many grade ones, but this is a proper grade one.
3: It's a very good race. Um, I'm a massive fan of Tornado Flyer. Like I said, he came into us a bit later than a lot of our horses last year. Um, so at this stage, we you know we had none of the fast work, and you could see that in his races he improved. You know he just won when he won in Fairhouse in February. He was third then in Cheltenham Bumper in Cheltenham in March, and then in April he came and beat the horse of so beat him in Cheltenham. And um, so he's a horse who's continually improving. I, I think he has more improvement in him. I thought he was impressive when he won in Punchdown. I didn't think Ruby asked him to win. You know, uh, like say he didn't wasn't asked to win in the same way. Battle of Doyen won his maiden hurdle. Um, for me he's got the best form in the book and uh, I'd like to think he can continue his progress and go on and be one of the favourites of gentlemen afterwards
0: Patrick you've been great with your time thanks a million and uh, enjoy whatever small bit of downtime you might get this week thanks very much sir. So, Patrick Mullins being there been very good with his time this Friday afternoon for Friday Night Racing Like a, a James st- Dean Crack is a classic yeah
3: it I'm is. Like a, that's, like that's going to stick
2: sick of fans meeting like a celebrity in the bar there just keep asking questions when he clearly <laughs> wants to go like you know but um that's how yeah. you, that's how you get treated when you're out now friday night now oh. he's a very lucid character though i i think he's he's great to listen to um right. his yeah. father is probably more measured with his words puts a lot of thought into it like not that patrick doesn't but he's he's um i think he articulates very well and uh that we we've done well to grab him at, at last knockins to, to to the show today
0: but even the bit um about like coming to the last and, uh, you know, your life flashed before your eyes. That, that bit from last year did. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. And then the short stride and he's over clean. Especially
1: because he didn't expect to possibly because Sam Crow and Mellon were the top dogs in the race. And, oh, I'm here now again. and I'm in the lead. I'm going to mm. win the race. And it's not the goalie hurdle. It's a bigger deal. So, yeah, it's funny how things work out. Funny how things work out. Like I remember it was he fell off Duvan. Um, Duvan fell. Well, the groan in the stand. Yeah, and, like, life, and, and you just don't know. When it's going to strike your way. Uh, and then you find yourself, Jerry, as you say, in that position, okay, I've got to make sure everything goes right. And, and Patrick is a very experienced and It's fascinating to hear um, the way he talked about the Kenboy race that it turned into a sprint. That I think that what I'm taking out of it is I think that there's still a bit of work to be done to get Willie Mullen's horses to peak fitness for Chapman. Uh, Footpad, Mellon, these are horses you've got to be on the right side of. Um, do not discount these horses just because they got beaten at Lepristown.
2: I presume you've both read George Orwell as well, where he speaks about, you know, you can't use these words that have just become like boring sort of, um, you know, a- analogies. cliche. All these cliches because you've come up with something new. So as a racing journalist, you find yourself, like because, you know, when I was in the Irish Independent, there's, you might file, and the Racing Post, you might file 5,000 words in a day um, on several different races. And you're just using over and over the same sort of, um, words banalities or whatever um, so I, I like to introduce new words if I can but I like manmarked he manmarked me yeah. in that race I hadn't heard that before well I mean and here's the thing everybody
0: understands exactly what it means. And both of them, they killed each other. This ain't jargon. This is like uh, sports talk. Very evocative. Um, So we were talking about the grade one Lawlers of Nace Novice Hurdle, which is the first grade one race of 2019 at Nace Racecourse this Sunday. It's Nace Racecourse's flagship jumps meeting of the year. And uh, we've already been talking about Tornado Flyer, but also battle over Diane, which uh, feature among the nine horses declared to run. We have two pairs of tickets to give away to win. Just tell us which trainer won the race last year with Next Destination. And you can either text the show on 53106 uh, or you can uh, drop a comment for us here wherever you're watching the stream, on YouTube, on Facebook, or indeed on Twitter. We should talk about that race since um, it's already been brought up. So um, this is, so what have we got? Nine declared at the moment. Are declarations in for Sunday races yet? Yeah, they are, us?
1: yeah. Um, it does revolve around Tornado Flyer, Ger. Uh Won easily over two and a half miles at Punchestown last month. Was the great winner, one winner at Punchestown <coughs> last year. So he's got top uh, class form of the book, uh, the top three in the Cheltenham bumper. Um, shapes as if he wants a trip. Ruby's on him. I think he's probably a worthy favourite. Battle over Diane has done nothing wrong, so he's definitely an improver. Jack Kennedy's on him. Coming to me, his only run on good ground was disappointing. Lone Wolf is an improver. We saw how Joseph O'Brien improved Le Richburg at Christmas uh, to win that two-mile novice chase. Commander Fleet didn't light up at Ferry House, and Sam's profile is one for next year. So I think Tornado Flyer is the one to beat, Johnny.
2: Yeah, I'd... Um... It's a good race. It is a good race. I mean, NACE is a cracking racetrack. They've, they've done great work on the owners and trainers bar and the new facility there. It was a track that needed work, um, but it's, it's without doubt one of my favourite racetracks. And I think as a spectacle, um, it's, it's, it's an excellent spectacle to watch. Can I interrupt you, right?
0: When we were kids, we used to go to the Curra a good bit. Um uh, my best mate from school is Noel Mead's nephew, so we would have gone over uh, quite a good bit. And the trick that we had was to go down to the parade ring to look at the horses and to bet accordingly. And we were successful way more than we should have been as kids. Obviously, you know, we were over 18. Uh, I, but that was, the, that was the only thing, because we didn't understand form, we had no clue what it meant, but you'd go when you go and look, that horse is foaming at the mouth, maybe we'll stay away from him. That one, yeah, that's like, it's a bit of gone, like it was, there was no science to it. It was the complete opposite of
2: science but it was a sense that these horses look better than those horses. Well, there is a, there is a science to that. Like Paddock judges, and I still, I still say like, but we need to get people to go racing. There is actually a value to go racing from a social aspect, but also from the fact that you'll see something happening in the parade ring that is deeply um, hurtful to a horse's chance that will not be on TV. And you'll be at home looking at the betting and this horse starts drifting in the betting and you're like, ah, oh, that doesn't bother me. I'm gonna go in again. Well, maybe you should be worried because the horse could be up on his hind legs in the parade ring Frothing at the mouths, you say a ladder of sweat, um, and quite apart from that, you can judge. The good judges can tell if a horse badly needs a run, um, if his coat is gone and stuff like that, and with NACE the parade ring is pretty much you can see the parade ring from the owners and trainers and then you're straight out looking onto you can literally turn around in the in in the upstairs bar and you're looking at the finishing line Um, and this is a facility that i think showcases what's great about going racing and it's a very friendly racetrack it's not it doesn't feel pretentious you don't feel like um you know you're under under any kind of um social stress or whatever but You know, the Christmas I had would certainly make me think, you know... You need to get down to the parade ring a bit more, Johnny. Well, you certainly need to to look at... um, Who's burly, who's not. Look deeper. Look deeper at races. Like, this race on Sunday, people... I think it was Vladimir Lenin said, a lie told often enough becomes the truth, or whoever said that anyway. But if you listen to the same thing being rep- repeated over and over, and it doesn't need to be North Korean indoctrination or you can just read the papers on Sunday, or listen to podcasts or whatever, they'll say this is a two-horse race on Sunday. That doesn't mean it is. Is that why? Is that why? the favourites have been overturned so much, is that there's been a,
0: quite a lot of that, really. Is that like, no, I thought,
1: Yeah, for, well, they are over for for I, No, but, I, no, but I, if you look at Footpad and if you look at Mellon, Patrick's even saying there, we need to work them a little bit harder, possibly. These, generally, the horses in the Ireland, there's a general feeling that, you know, that, uh, they needed to work, be worked a little bit harder Christmas. So I get the sense that, if you're talking about a championship race, which a grade one of a race at Town is, now, obviously, Sharjah, on that ground, had a lot of runs this season, uh, to me, to me, it's it's. To me, I'm always looking for the nuances, and uh, I, you know. So, when I'm looking at that race at on Sunday, I'm looking at the battle over Doyen is a horse that can improve. Lone Wolf, the, the trainer tends to bring them on carefully over time to, to get them to mm. to, to, pe- to a peak level. Joseph O'Brien, as we saw with Leishberg, who everything he did as a novice hurdler last year was a bonus for being a chaser. Exactly. Second behind Delta Work in the in the Drenmore Ferry House won the Ar- Arkle Trial easily at Leopardstown. So if you're following trends and nuances, I think the way I read form has always been about the nuance, not about what's directly in front of me. Now the Blueberry Dare thing I cannot explain either. It was twenty pounds <laughs> behind Verdana Blue in the ratings. Yeah. Uh, hammered Sam Crow in Newcastle. We're needing the run, seemingly. Yeah, so I, I don't understand that one. But then again, didn't really perform. If you look at the last year's champion hurdle, was strange in the finish. Like, you know, should have really put that to bed easily. So maybe he's beginning to develop quirks in his system. But would you be back in Bouverdare at whatever, four to one on or whatever it was? No, you wouldn't.
2: That's it. Like, And our, our internet went down this week just when my flatmate started watching Making a Murder. And she was like, I, 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 I just, I can't have this. Do you have enough data so I can download? Because she got so wrapped up in it. And I was discussing Making a Murder and I was saying, You're you're being very much kind of told one side of the story here just because of circumstance and you can watch a documentary where you're basically guided in one direction. I'm not sure what happened in Making a Murderer, but you're seeing kind of a version of it. So if two people, if you meet two people at the races on Sunday, one of them makes the case that, listen, Tornado Flyer can't be beaten. I heard Patrick Mullins on News Talk on Friday. He loves this horse. He's far better formed than Battle Over Dying. Then you could meet, uh, you know, Michael O'Leary or Eddie O'Leary and he'll say to you, listen, this is the best horse we've had. You're getting two complete opposing views. What you could actually do is look at the form of the race and say hell, I think either both these horses are too short What about commander of fleet? You yeah. ran in the Royal Bond He's very highly regarded. He steps up in trippy shape well yet He's 10 to 1 and so, you can
1: forgive a bad run it and
2: can you can happen. forget and it yeah. wasn't that bad a run. He was yeah. straight into yeah. a grade one from from when the maiden hurdle that was an egg and spoon race And you can pick holes in the favorites You can say I don't want to back tornado flyer because Willie Mullins had like a terrible record with favorites over the Christmas And um, I don't really want to back battle over dying at a short price because Gordon Elliott didn't have a good Christmas either yeah. So there are so many different aspects to this race alone and as a punter this year I certainly want to question things more question things more and you should certainly do that just don't don't buy into what everyone says because it might not be right
0: yeah for sure your own information is always the best uh, and if you are going to NACE on Sunday check out go racing.ie Friday Night Racing is brought to you by go racing.e but that's all of the details for uh, going to any of the tracks it's the full race cards it's um, information on all the runners and uh, how to get in, all that kind of stuff that you need if you are
2: going racing. So, um, yeah, that's not a bad way to start the year, is it? The way that race? Not at all, John. And, you know, some of us looking for yeah. proper grade one action. We have a grade one in Sandown tomorrow. Yeah, Lorena should
1: win and we'll get a better indication of her chances for Cheltenham. Um, We've got the Talworth hurdle, which is also a good pointer to the Supreme Novices hurdle. We've got Rath Hill, the next pointer. JB McManus colours, probably a worthy favourite. Money today for Seer de Nutz. Um, in the Terry Warner colours, the Rooster Booster colours won twice at Cheltenham. So I think, yeah, to me, if I'm a punter, which I am, I'm, I'm watching these races, Johnny and Jerry. I'm not backing on these races. Leapers Ten, I was there for two days. I was interested. I didn't make any money on Stevens Day. Um, I thought Mangley Khan was never at the races. In the I
2: backed in, him as well. Like that, in, like I thought, that, like that. It was just races like that. How does Mangley Can get beaten that far? He's he, granted he's inexperienced, but generally he jumps great and he's floored and he's he, he's conditions in his favour basically. In that he's in any event. Um, but we have that Talworth hurdle. JB McManus has I think he's changed tack a bit in that he's buying pointers, which he wasn't doing. Um and it was France, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it was more And he for, for what he spent, like you you could make a case that he's probably should have had more proper grade one horses, but Jigginstown have maybe prodded him in the direction of Buying all these pointers because point to pointing is so competitive now. You get a winner of a point to point and he can go for nearly half a million. It's incredible money, but the likes of Rath Hill, you know, he won a maiden hurdle, but he's straight into favour for a grade one, the Talworth And uh, I was just going through this over the last few weeks. Nicky Henderson and JP. They have incredible strength with novices all of a sudden, such that they'll probably have to split them up into handicaps at Christmas because he has so many, but
1: it's an intrigue. I'd be with John. I wouldn't be having a bet in it, but Tail is another very exciting horse. One thing I would say to everybody as well, like uh, once we get the replays back, well, we will get the replays back on, on all the sites. I'm not going to go into that now. But just watch the races. I mean, most of the time at Christmas, I, I think what probably benefited me was I didn't have that many bets, but just watch the races. And I think Patrick says, or Johnny was said, you know, you can't beat your own opinion. And like, you just pick things up. You hear what Johnny's saying, um, you hear what Jared's asking, and you hear what Patrick is saying about races. that well, actually that's interesting. I didn't, like you, Ken Boy turned into a sprint or um, we were kicking ourselves a foot pad, but we, were, we wouldn't write them off. We're not, you know, we're scared of Altior, but in a way we're not scared of them.
2: And also uh, we have HD highlights now. We've HD replays every day of Irish racing where you can basically set your Sky Plus and record, and you can record all these meetings, and you have a library there from now on. You've no excuse in terms of watching the racing back. And that's one thing I am looking forward to. It's the first time we've HD daily of Irish racing, and I know it's a first word problem, but it does actually make a difference. You can see proper clear pictures, and you can pick up nuances of what happened in each race. Yeah. Yeah okay,
0: so we've had a, a couple of non-runners over Christmas with um, our charity bets. The tote.com charity bet fund has remained at one thousand four hundred and eighty-five euros. We're going to try and increase the pot for the Irish inter jockeys fund in twenty nineteen with our hundred euro
2: tote charity bet. Johnny, you've gone for tell me Annie at Nice. I'm actually I'm very sweet on this horse as an each way bet, um, because the favourite in the race, Missy Tata, hasn't run in two years. Gord um, Elliott's Missy Tata. Yeah. yeah. So she would have been a very good um, juvenile hurdler. It's a chance to call Missy Elliott, really, isn't it? Yeah. Um, hopefully, half sister will come out um, called Missy Elliott. But um, tell me, Annie, who's more sort of talking to the granny type name, you know, tell me, Annie, how are things like, you know, rather than Missy Tata? Like, it's a bit more sexy, whatever. Anyway, tell me, Annie, she's also getting on in years. I think she's 10 now. Um, but she was only 6 to 1 in a proper graded race at Cork the last day. May have wanted to make the running, but a, a Willie Mullins horse ensured that she didn't. Didn't run badly, but I've, I've, I've a major suspicion she'll be overpriced against Missy Tata, who, whatever way she is, after two years off, it wouldn't be a surprise if she were underwhelming. Yeah, okay, so tell me, Annie, each way at Nace on Sunday. Yeah, and um, she's a very, very likeable horse. And, and if you're you know trained by maybe a smaller yard, Declan Queeley's, but well able to train and uh, could be great value here. Okay, also want to point you in the direction of the Super 6, the tote.com's uh, pick 6,
0: the... Uh, super, super 6 sounds like a little offer on your on your video, <laughs> on your your. Um, video page one again actually, then. yeah. I might start that one again. The pick 6, the tote.com's pick 6, there's a €142,534 super pick 6 rollover at Nace this Sunday for the Launters Grade 1 Novice Hurdle. First Grade 1 of uh, 2019, which obviously should see
1: a much larger pool to play for when the racing gets underway. I did this at Christmas at Leopardstown I had 4 out of 6. Ooh, um, that's not bad going. Like. It's amazing going. I, I was... Better I was, have none out of 6. I, was, so. I, I had the first one at 12 to 1 and then I had the second next 2 and then Limily let me down. Um, and I was... That's good going. And I was the, gutted. I was, I mean, but you do get start getting nervous because you see all these, um, it's all a pool of obviously people's units and bets. And you see, get like if you get an outsider in the first couple of races or whatever, or if you got like two to three in, in each race, you see people getting knack, knack, knocked out and then you start dreaming and thinking. You feel like that couple in Armagh, um, who have won the Erminens today. Uh, and and it, it really is I ex- did not know
2: that. Yeah, yeah. No, 130 million. Yeah, yeah. Um, delighted. I'll be them. in touch. I will not Christmas be going public right? if I
1: win the in the win the pick six. But yeah, it's definitely worth doing that at that. It's going
2: hour. to be a big pool on Sunday because it's it's already there. But people will bet. Yeah, into it'll it be it. probably over 200,000. It, and it's a Sunday. Basically, British jumps racing on a Sunday tends to be pretty average because it's not a big day for them over there. It's our big racing day. There'll be a lot of British punters betting into the pool. And as well as that, it's actually pretty like in this in this overall scheme of pick sixes, this one looks like. Like you could win it there are four races with short enough price favorites and then you have two handicaps um, it's definitely doable I, I would I would advise uh, investing a few bob into it and going with a couple of long shots as John says in some of the races because if you do win it you don't want it to be like a, a small portion like if you win the lotto and you pick the kind of the numbers everyone else picks you don't want that to happen so you have to pick think a bit left field But well, you don't win if they don't win you could, Well, basically, it depends on. Say if the pool is 200 grand and there's yeah. one winner, so the tote takes out, what, 20% about, so you keep 160 grand. If there's 160 winners, you get a grand each. Yeah. Not exciting. Well, it's better than nothing.
0: Yeah. 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 So don't don't pick deliberate losers, though.
2: They're not, but like, you have no, to it, think, to outside, because everyone will yeah. go for the favourites.
1: You know, yeah. So. It, uh, sometimes, like, think about it. A 64 euro. Now, I'm not advocating maybe that much, because it doesn't have to be two euro stake. It can be less than that. Um, but if you pick two horses in every race, it's 64.
0: Can I just ask about the stake, right? Why does it matter what the size of your stake is? But if you win the
2: pot you win a percentage of the
0: pot. Yeah, yeah. So it's okay. it's paid
1: to a euro, but if like say if okay. you had a fifty Stakey, win half of a lot of okay.
2: syndicates now will put a fair bit of money into this like several grand and come up with like every combination nearly possible and ensure they win it but it doesn't that mean somebody'
0: f- sitting there filling
1: out those forms by yeah. hand it was yeah. like um, it was six days work I was doing that at Christmas and I I've, I've, and it was for about 10 minutes it felt great and then um, I went to the bar
2: there was a, there's a guy in racing who shall remain nameless but he used to have lotto um combinations and apparently he did win the lotto because he worked out like that it was valued to do the lotto and I think reputedly anyway they changed the lotto they had an extra lot of number three numbers because, yeah. yeah This they guy. Number, well so. yeah this guy had a kind of beaten but people will bet heavy into Sunday, into Sunday you don't need to and you can still win
0: ok so you can now play the pick six for 10 cent a line meaning you can cover far more possible winning combinations for your euro and potentially scoop a percentage of the final payout the super pick six rolled each of the four days at Leperstein without being won and to play just pick the horses to win the races 1-6 to 6 at Nace this Sunday check that out at the uh, tote.com ok so we've talked about Lorena 5-1 to one on
2: yeah, like she should win. I, I just the only thing I would worry about is, um, for you know, things can go wrong. And just you know, Willie did have a few disappointments at Christmas. I, I'd prefer to watch her win at five to one on. It's about how she wins. Mm. If she wins, it's about how she. wins. I think she's a special mare, though. I, 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 I could see her becoming a champion hurdle winner. Um, she's a lot to prove to be that. But she, Willie was calling her special after she won. I think her second race last year when she beat very little. He's very excited by her.
0: Okay. Is there anything else that um, you had a couple of races for us to look at? Did you?
1: Yeah. It was it's really those: the Tallworth, um, Rath Hill. I think that's the standard Tornado Flyer. Um, yeah. I was going through like the, the, the winners that Willie had actually over Christmas: Classical Dream, Salsa Russia, Amaron, Red Hot, Philly Peppers, Kenboy, Small Farm, Castleborn West, Prava Laguna, Good Time, Thara, and Sharjah. The one I picked out of it was Castleborn West. I thought that was a good race. He was involved in with the big dog. I thought they, the, the pair of them came well clear of the remainder. And it was a good race, Sean. Yeah, it was a good race, and it was a no meat horse who had, I think, finished behind. I had a press challenge that ended up beating Anamix at Limerick. So through the lines of form, Castlebone West, I think, is a horse to follow. I also probably will be having an anti-post bet on Footpad for the Champion Chase at nine to one.
2: What happened, Anamix? I don't know. I mean, he was weak in the betting. He went from about 3s on out to 10 to 11 at one stage. There was a big gamble on Jessica Harrington's horse. It was one of those very frustrating races where you, I'm, I did the spotlight for the race in post and I tipped Anamix but I, I couldn't see Jessica Harrington's horse win it. I thought as a place chance, he ends up winning quite well. To be honest, Anamix he, he, looked, he looked overhyped on the day. He, he was a bit keen, but ultimately he should be winning a race like that and winning it well. And He'd probably be a nice horse, but he's not going to be winning the Supreme unless something really dramatic happens. Okay, um, so maybe it was, in fairness to
1: Willie Mullins or any connections,
2: they never said he was going to win a Supreme. Yeah, what was it,
1: sorry, you had a recommendation for Castle uh, Castlebone West, I think, is a horse worth following, because I think the race he won at Leopardstown with Ruby and David Mullins in a ding-dong finish, they were well clear of the remainder, and the no-meat horse in the race, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, had won previously, I think, and I, th- I thought the race uh, was a good race. From, yeah, the big the dog naked, is the very naked well eye. regarded. The naked eye would tell me that was a good race. And yeah. so that's that's uh, From Leopardstown. And sorry, that is an anti-post bet for Cheltenham. Uh, possibly, if he turns up, he could turn up in the, with the Ballymore, the two and a half mile. Uh, but he's just a horse worth following. One thing as well, just before we go, get a horse tracker. You don't, I mean, if you get a horse tracker, you put it into your computer, um, and then you will always know when a horse is running. You get an alert on your phone, a horse is running today, and you don't miss a horse that you may have noticed and then you don't miss a potential winner. Uh, <laughs> the, the beauty
2: of the horse tracker is, and so many mates say this to me, and I know exactly what they mean, you get an email then like six months down the line and you get this horse in the tracker and you're like, what Jesus, I, like I that? have no election of putting that in. And then you just like, you have to trace yourself back in time and just say, ah, I have more to be doing. But obviously I saw something in it whenever I ran, if I ever heard of it.
3: That's a scary, <laughs> a
2: scary, a scary backwards track through yeah. the inner recesses of your two minds. Marky, world. Uh, what horse trackers do you use? Is there an app? Is there a specific one? Yeah, I use the Racing Post one. You can use the irishracing.com one. Tells you when the horse is entered, tell, it's, tell you when it's running, and tells you how much it was beaten afterwards. All right, good stuff.
0: Tweet from Barry. I'm loving Johnny's post-Christmas Grinch act. Orwell Lennon in under 20 minutes. The boy's on
2: fire. Yeah, well, I'm burning inside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tough Johnny. Christmas. Sorry, but Johnny. you know, it's just it's a it's a mind over matter thing about the year and all that. It's basically just another day, but it does give you society demands that you you, you check where you're going in life, and a lot of us are doing that at the moment. But looking forward. On that note,
0: yeah. <laughs> you can hear the laughter from the control room. It's been a great Friday Night Racing, lads. Thanks very much Thanks for joining Thanks, Johnny.
2: Thanks to uh, Patrick Mullins as
0: well for being part of it. Uh, Friday Night Racing brought to you by GoRacing.ie. Make sure you check it out uh, in advance of Going Racing or indeed if you just want to know about any of the racetracks around the country at the moment. Uh, that is Friday Night Racing in the books. We'll see you next week. Good luck. Friday Night Racing. On, off the ball. And they're brought to you by Go Racing. Plan your day at the races at
2: GoRacing.ie.